Welcome to Tears of a Clown, the podcast. I'm Liv. Almost three months ago when I started this podcast, my intention was to do one episode per month. That's what I told my goal coach. I said, listen, if I can just get three episodes out total for this quarter, I'll be happy. And this has turned into an every Friday occurrence. And there's been some Fridays where I really don't want to record, like being tired after moving or being a little emotional after my heart hurting. And today is one of those days where I really was not sure how to tread around doing an episode. It felt silly with what's going on in my country today and staying true to my commitment. I'm not here to talk about my beliefs or my feelings on what has occurred today. But what I will say is it's really awkward to feel like you're filming your little show where you're just talking about dumb stuff when it comes down to the really big things. And then I remember that that's exactly why I started this because I wanted to make people feel confident. I wanted to teach them EQ, emotional intelligence. I wanted to show others that you can be vulnerable and you can be true to yourself. And I wanted to bring a place of just total and complete equality for us all where we can just be human and we can learn things and discuss things and debate things and it doesn't come down to a greater separation So that's what I'm going to do today. And I just want to tell you all that some days your commitments in life are harder than others. And this is one of those days for me. So I am a human. I am coming to you with a little bit of trepidation today, but I'm going to do my best to bring an episode that will bring you whatever you're hopefully needing in your life at this point at the start of this weekend. So for today's episode, we are going to talk about consent. I think this is so relevant to where we are in our culture today. And more than anything, I I believe it's something that we don't talk about enough. And we're not just going to talk about consent. We're going to talk about enthusiastic consent because there is two very stark differences between them. And you might be thinking, what the hell? What do you mean there's two differences between them? A yes is a yes. Well, not necessarily. And you may be thinking, okay, Liv, well, sometimes I'm not gonna jump in the air and say, yes, let's just do it. (laughs) After a long day at work when your partner is trying to get lovey with you or whatever it may come down to. And I totally understand that. But I think it's important that we always aim for enthusiastic consent. And the difference between that is, is all parties are really just enthusiastically consenting to everything that happens. So you'd be participating actively in the sexual acts that you're involved in, not because you're pressured into it. So it really gives power to each individual to decide if they want to have sex and how they want to have it. So, you know, a lot of people talk about no means no, and that's too simple. Um, And I kind of agree with that because it really does leave out situations where someone's unable to say no or just awkwardness or guilt, shame, etc. And this doesn't have to be directly correlated to violence or um, nefarious actions. Sometimes you might just be like, oh, all right. Okay, right. I always think about this. We don't even have to start with sex, all right? Well, of course, you're going to start with sex, Liv. That's what you do. Um, When I would 
just beg and beg and beg my mom okay mom like let's let's go um outside so i can show you how i shoot basketball i was terrible at basketball okay and nobody in my family told me for the longest time so thanks assholes i love you all too uh but i would ask my mom to be over and over and over again like i'd wear her down and then finally i remember she'd come out there for like two seconds see me you know shoot a couple hoops and it's like okay it's the same it's the same thing it always is every day and she goes back inside right and as a kid i'm thinking to myself well listen i just got i just got a seller on this okay and she would come out it's innocent enough you know you lose a couple minutes to watch your kids suck at basketball and then you go back in get back to whatever you're doing right finishing up on work or um, making dinner etc at that time and the core thing that i i talk about here is i was a kid and this is a really really simple and great example of sometimes it's not such a negative thing what someone else is asking for. It's like, hey, I really love you and I, I, I want to show you this, right? And you're like, okay, I got a million other things to do or, oh, God, my back hurts or like, oh, I have, I have, I have this I have to get done by X time and, you know, I'm not going to stop thinking about it. So there's all these other things and you're like, I just really want to show you this. Like, this is my moment. This is about me, but it's also about you because I care about you and I want you to be involved in this moment, right? And that is, is inherently not really negative okay um so that's why i really like to talk about this gray area here because a lot of the times when we do care about others we're gonna run into situations where it's like we're having that childlike moment and we're like yeah i'm here and i'm, I'm excited and i, I want to experience this with you and we may not realize or we may overlook um using kind of that emotional awareness and kind of being able to be like okay now's not the time and we'll talk a little bit more about when it's not the time a lot of the time but first let's just talk about the enthusiasm that is going to make the time so much better now i am highly in favor of always having mental stimulation before you have physical stimulation and i'm gonna be honest with you most people especially ones that have a level of depth or connectedness to themselves are going to want that as well and I understand, and, and I really, I'm not going to limit this to, to gender, I'm just not. Uh, a lot of people are going to lean that way, but there are some that don't need that. They don't need that emotional or mental like light in the beginning to get physically aroused and or want to physically connect with someone. Sometimes it's that is what makes you feel connected to another person, and that is 100% okay. But we always got to think about how the other people that we are involved with function, and specifically how that's actually going to relate to the greater experience. I think that a lot of the times when we talk about sex, we think about the end. What's the end goal? And we miss a lot of the experience, which is why when I have conversations with a lot of my girlfriends, they'll tell me like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm doing this or that. But like, it's like this person they're involved with, like, I feel like they kind of rush like kissing or, you know, we we tend to do like the things that they like or, you know, they've never done this to me. And I think a lot of that bleeds into not having knowledge about enthusiastic consent because as awkward or dorky as it can feel to ask questions, those questions can be the differentiators from an average and passive sex life to an incredible one, like a mind-blowing incredible one. And 
everybody's going to have different ways of tiptoeing around these questions or learning these things. So what I would say is you have to be true to yourself, right? If you're the type that's like, oh, okay, I'm going to like start a little text message conversation because that's the most comfortable to me. But I want to talk to this person that I'm sexually active with and I want to be able to find out a little bit more about what they like. If you got to do it over text, hey, that's okay. If you want to have a couple drinks or <laughs> smoke on something and then be like, smoke on smoke on a joint. Okay, don't don't. Don't smoke the other stuff, please. Please don't smoke anything else besides for marijuana. I'm literally begging you. Um, but if you then kind of loosen up and you're like, okay, I'm just going to say something, right? Like, Or maybe it's a face-to-face conversation where you're just hanging out and you're like looking at each other and you're having like a really good maybe dinner or, you know, maybe it's right before. Like, I, I don't know. There's no perfect way to approach this and you really can't when factoring in people's communication styles and their level of comfort with just talking about sex in general, there's not a way that we can ever tell people how to do this. But just trying is the biggest, biggest thing. I can't tell you how many people that I've been sexually involved with that never actually asked me what I liked or what I wanted. So they just did what they thought was the right thing or the good thing. And I understand that. Some in in truly I feel like the right intentions like they're like okay she's gonna like this others you can just tell they're they're doing it for themselves which completely strips someone of their enthusiastic consent and actually the overall experience because if you're just having sex with me to get what you need out of it trust me when I tell you like there's there's a much greater issue at hand there and I know for me personally I've been disappointed and let down by those kind of experiences but more than anything I've went back to those experiences, especially when I was younger, to try and like fill that void or or, or fix that issue and go, oh, okay, well, we didn't connect this time, but you know, they care about me. So let's try this again. Or they they feel this attraction towards me. So a lot of times going back (laughs) into those sexual experiences are either out of commitment, out of habit, or out of trying to prove a greater point. Now, what I will say is asking the questions, they can come in any form or any shape. You might just feel awkward being like, so what do you like, right? Like that's a that's a pretty hard opener. Um, so you're going to have to do what feels most comfortable for you. But I'm totally happy to share how I let people know what I like and want. And that totally ends up leading to enthusiastic consent when I'm experiencing a sexual connection with someone. Now, my personal style is to take a humorous approach to things when I'm first getting to know someone or first um, kind of having that like courting and connecting phase. Now, we'll talk about what it's like when you're actually with someone who specifically you've been with for a while or, you know, have a little more familiarity with. But I just like to start off totally real. I'll start talking to someone and if I like them, one of the, like one of the best ways you can tell if I'm starting to like you is I'll say like, gosh, shit, you're probably a bad kisser. And they're like, wait, no, what? And I don't want to say it's my one-liner, but they'll kind of defend their kissing at that point. They'll be like, no, I'm a great kisser. And I'm like, oh, really? How are you a great kisser? And then I'll find out like kind of why, what makes them feel like they're a great kisser. And that'll open up for me to say, okay, because... Uh, this is true. A uh, deal breaker for me is a bad kisser. 
you kiss me poorly, I want out, okay? I want out. And I'm sure there's been someone I've kissed and they've been like, this is too much. In fact, I can tell you guys a quick story. I will never forget that I liked this guy and we were making out and I was so excited because I just think that's one of the greatest things in the world that you can do. Why do anything else when you can just make out? Add some wine in there, whoo, let's go. It's a good night. Uh, and he was like, you like he's like you are like uh like this is too sloppy for me like I don't like it and I'm like what (laughs) like I was like looking around I was like there's no drool anywhere there's no nothing and I'm like what do you mean he's like well I don't I don't just don't really like like using tongue like it's just I like to keep everything like suctioned almost is the best way he described it and I was like damn you know and so I had to kind of learn um how to kiss in the style that he really liked and like we still had an amazing connection thankfully um but it was one of those things where I was like what the fuck (laughs) you don't like the way I kiss and it's almost like I wish I would have talked to him about that sooner because then I would have known to like not take that approach and maybe like work in a little slowly And, and eventually we actually she had a really great compromise and I I loved kissing him but it was one of those things where I, I I had a little bit of a complex and once we like talked through it then I'm like okay okay great because I could kind of physically feel like he didn't totally love like some of the aggression that I would show and I'm like all right shit okay I gotta I gotta dial this back a little bit but <laughs> it's hard it's hard to read nonverbal cues I get it I get it for some of the homies that have been there and thought they were doing a great job and they're like nope that's not it um, but I digress. You can really kind of share your preferences at that point. And then using that same stance, you can kind of tease someone and be able to be like, oh, well, what about this? Or what about that? And I know that mystery is good, right? You don't want to sit there and be like, okay, let me map out my entire sexual experience with this person and be like, hey, let's go. But I think it's okay to touch on some of the bigger points, especially like your how your frequency in which you like to be physically touched, right? Just that in general. Like, do you like kissing? Do you not like kissing? How do you like to kiss? Like things like this that can start really surface level can open the doors for bigger conversations. So by the time that I'm going to even just like brush the surface of being physically involved with someone, they know what I like and it's very clear and I can lean on that then when they do something I don't like or if I don't feel connected it's like I've I've got that thing that I've communicated very clearly already and again I like taking this playful approach because it makes a more like serious topic a little more lighthearted and can also be a little less intimidating now what I will say is I can turn it on and be very serious and be like okay so tell me what you're into And I want to know those things because it's important to me to number one, know, hey, am I even compatible with this person? And then number two, it's important to me to know because I'm I'm wanting to give that person what they enjoy and I want to be able to be aware of what is on the on the table there what's the do's and and then of course I want to learn the do nots too because uh, there's something that is uh, very not fun uh, during any type of physical interaction with someone that you're attracted to and that is when you do something and someone's like oh hell no nope not me not today not now not ever it's just a little awkward uh so i think it's important to have these conversations now i know my babes that you all are sitting there that are married or long-term partnerships whatever maybe dating someone for a little while and you're like okay well what about me I can't go to my partner and be like, I bet you're a bad kisser. Yeah, you can't use my one-liner, all right? But I've got something for you. Sometimes 
positive reinforcement by direction and using facts is one of the best ways to get a conversation sparked. And I use this all the time. And it's really, really great for kind of redirecting someone who maybe um, is not in the same mind state as me and trying to get them on the same page as me. But also this can just work for a lot of things. And when someone specifically is not used to talking about these things or is a little more uncomfortable, this is a great way to do that. Now, you have to keep in mind your subject matter. So what you're talking about, number one, you want to be clear on that. You have to be absolutely clear on that because then it can confuse someone more when you're not. And then number two, you have to think about how the person that you're talking to digests information. So for instance, if the person that you're sexually involved with is a big like reader, they like to read, keep that in mind, right? If they're a big kind of like listener, like they like podcasts or they like, you know, they listen to music all the time or whatever else. Find something that they ingest um, information well with, number one, like, a, a, like an actual source. And then use that to apply the knowledge to come. So a great example would be this. If I'm dating someone who's a little more private and is not the person who's going to sit down and want to talk about things, it's like, let's just let things happen, whatever, then they would be a great person for me to just send a little article to and be like, oh, hey, I read this and it kind of got me thinking and I'm still straightforward, but I let them read it in their private space, in their piece. I read this article and I really liked it. It got me thinking, I'd like to try this, this and that. And you send it and you let them, let them chew on it. And then it's almost like they've got their homework and they come back and it's like, all right, I'm ready to go, right? That's going to appeal a lot better for someone who, again, ingests information through, um, you know, liking to read, liking to stay up on current times, etc. And maybe also has one of those more introverted personality types where it's like, again, it's very uncomfortable for them to sit there and be like, hey, let's like sit down and talk about our sex life. Now, I know <clears throat> it's not a one size fits all. That's why I'm trying to give you some examples here. Um, the other thing you can do is use the positive reinforcement. And let me tell you, do not underestimate positive reinforcement, no matter how long you have been with someone. I cannot tell you in any sexual experience I've had, when someone tells me I'm great at something, when someone tells me how good I look, when someone tells me that they're enjoying themselves, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, here we are. This is going to change your life. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's like, it's like that is such a reaffirming experience. So start off with positive reinforcement. Whatever, I, I'm very, very big on affectionate names. Like m my favorite thing is affectionate names. Um, and I'm... Um, I would say I'm very mushy in the sense with the people I'm with. I, I like I like those experiences. But, you know, start with a kind of uh, a statement or a name that they, they really, um, you can tell they're attuned to and they enjoy. It makes them feel good. Like, hey, babe, I just want to let you know, like, X, insert X experience are here. Like, I really loved when you did that. Like, can I please have that again tonight? And that is such a, like, fun, lighthearted, but, like, kind of, like, wow, you're really like building them up way to basically say like, this is what I want. And then they're like, yeah, uh-huh. I know I changed your life. Like it's that same mindset. Or you can say you put in, um, maybe they haven't done it yet. Okay. And you're like, well, shit, Liv, they haven't done it yet. You can say, hey, um, baby, I was like super into, you know, X this morning or whatever, whatever frequency you're at. And I'm, I'm a little shy to say this, but I've kind of been wanting to try this. And I just like, I know, I know you be great at it. Like, can we try it? 
and like give them that affirmation like you're so good at everything of course we're going to be good at this right and if you're feeling like you don't want to tie too much of your um your own interest in it you can also say like hey like I was talking to x like insert a friend or I was listening to x podcast and they were talking about this and like kind of want to try it you know it doesn't have to be um sentimental or something that you're overly enthusiastic about so again you can lean on that that type of um personality trait that your your person or persons maybe have a little more of but my point is that first round of positive reinforcement is so good and even better is like in action sometimes it can be like this is amazing like can i do this and, you know, we always want to make sure, again, if someone's got like that hesitance or th- that discomfort, that's where we reel it back and we can maybe gauge at that point and go, oh, it's, hey, totally fine. Like maybe we can try it another time. At least you open the door there, right? So these things build to enthusiastic consent because imagine if you're just having sex with someone and it's in a way where it, it's not bad, right? Like you're attracted to that person, you enjoy that person, everything else, but you just know that things are gonna go a certain in a certain sequence of events and it's really not in favor to some of the things that you have interest in or you want. Um, your consent may not always be enthusiastic. And again, we're not always gonna be totally excited to have sex, like loving people, especially as sacrifices. Like sometimes it's like, okay, I'm not totally in the mood, but like I'm not, I'm not opposed to it, you know, like sell me on it a little bit or like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this right now. Um, and, and again, there's those gray areas. So I think it's, it's really odd because everybody goes to extremes constantly. And it's like, why aren't we having this greater conversation of just like wanting to be into having sex with people we care about now who needs to hear about enthusiastic consent the most are those that are just about to get sexually involved with someone because I cannot tell you how many times I have been pressured into sex and this is not fun to freaking talk about okay now I've had some really negative sexual experiences and maybe one day I'll talk about them maybe I won't I'm really not sure um, I've had situations where it has been that like darker side of what someone can experience and my heart goes out to anyone who has experienced assault um, it is very damaging uh, and it is very traumatizing and it totally changes the way that you look at your body it changes the way you look at your um your value it changes your trust in others it physically affects how you respond to sex like it is just so difficult and I think we've done a great job at in, in, in our culture at really being loud about what is consent and what isn't consent but I think we should just always strive for enthusiastic consent. Like someone just passively saying yes, it is not really um, what you should accept. And that's where that communication comes in. So that's why I love, like I talked about the communication beforehand, but like read the fucking room. I'm going to say that right now. And I'm sorry, guys, I got to call you out on this because I can't tell you how many guys I've been involved with where, you know, we're just hanging out and maybe we've hung out a couple times or, you know, we've talked or maybe we've kissed before, something else or anything, okay? 
And maybe we've like sent a couple pictures back and forth so that doors open and then they immediately think that you want to have sex in that very moment at that time. Maybe you've already had sex. That is not the case. Like you've still got to check in. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing more attractive than asking someone for what they want. Like asking someone for what they want and then delivering based on what they want is the best thing. Okay. And when you sit there and just assume that you have access to somebody's body it's just so not right because you're not you're not thinking about where they're at. You're not thinking about how they're feeling. And more than anything, how is that a good time if both people are not into it? Like, if you're having sex with someone and they're not fully present, like, I'm sorry, you may as well be doing that shit solo. Like, to me, that's, that's embarrassing in, in hindsight to be like, oh, God, you know, this person wasn't into this. And again, sometimes we... Um, you know, fumble and make mistakes. We try something that someone's not really into, or maybe you start to have sex and then the person kind of is like spacing out and you're like, okay, hey, what's going on? Like, clearly you're not here. Like, let's slow it down or hey, let's just stop. Let's freaking go get some ice cream or do whatever. I've been on both sides of the coin and I understand that. But don't assume that you have access to someone based on conversations you've had. So for instance, I could be talking to someone and we could talk about sex and it could get exciting and it could get fun. And then I see them and they immediately immediately think, and this could be days or weeks later. Yeah, we're having sex right now. No, no. we Like, who knows? Maybe like physically I'm not feeling that great that day or mentally I've got a lot going on. Or maybe I'm just like not feeling like sexy. Like I just don't really want to have sex. Like I'm not in the mood. You cannot assume just because we talked about sex before that now my excitement just boils over days later, right? And for me, especially again, and this is different for everyone else, some people need different levels of stimulation before they have sex. So maybe it's a lot of cuddling and a lot of touching and a lot of being really close to each other. Maybe it's talking about really deep stuff like that emotional side. Maybe it's a spiritual spark that they need to feel. Maybe it's that mental and intellectual kind of, um, you know, feeling of, of connection and, um, you know, sensory kind of overload, so to speak, like that they need to have like, wow, I feel so damn connected to you right now. I feel so damn impressed by the things that you know, or the things that you desire and et cetera. Like there are so many different ways that people need to feel prepared to have sex. And if that sounds exhausting to you, you shouldn't be having sex. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Sex is not just something that you do and then you get it over with. And the more people that treat it like that, the, the less sacred it becomes. And listen, here's what I'm going to say. You might be like, well, you've probably had sex with a lot of people. So what do you know about the sacredness? That's why I know about the sacredness. I've had sex with people that I, I, you know, and I really try not to go to regrets, but like, I wish I didn't have sex with, like, I would hate to list you guys the amount of people that I've had sex with that I really didn't have enthusiastic consent with. It was like, you knew they wanted sex at that moment and you like them. And then it's kind of like, well, it's not like a no, like I'm, I'm fearing for my, my life or my safety, but it's not like a total yes either. It's like, damn, I kind of just wanted to watch this movie with you and like feel a little close to you right now. And that's really sad. People shouldn't have to experience that. So when you're trying to get enthusiastic consent, you have to be really clear, okay? So if maybe you are kissing someone or you're like touching a little bit and you're like, hey, is this okay? Like, you want to keep doing this? Or like, check in with them, check their body language. Like if they're being like, almost like freezing up a little bit or they're being less affectionate back to you or they're seeming a, a, like to have a little bit of trepidation, then just 
slow it down or stop and check in with them. And if you have to do that several times, then you have to do that several times. And especially as you get you know, closer to someone or involved with them longer, it's going to be a lot more easy to get that enthusiastic consent because you can be like, hey, baby, like, how you feeling? Whatever. Cool. Like, is it okay if I do this? Or, you know, check in with them. And hopefully at that point, they've built a little more confidence and trust where they can say, hey, no, I'm, I'm not feeling it right now. Or yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, like we can build up to that. But especially when you don't know someone well, please do not assume that they are into something. And again, you could have, I cannot express this enough, you could have had sex once before and everything was jolly and great. That does not mean it rolls over days later. Like that is a very big thing. And I can't tell you also when I talk about the people that have kind of like passively pressured me into sex or really not understood the concept enthusiastic consent, uh, I can't tell you how many physical and emotional cues they miss during the time where I'm just like not totally into it, not totally present, and they just gloss that over. Like you have to pay attention to everything. And that's the responsibility that comes with sex. That is the biggest responsibility that comes with sex, aside from the fact that you can, depending on what your anatomy is, you can literally create life with it as well, right? Like, and that's why it's such a big deal. Like there's so many different levels to this shit. And even if you are having sex casually, that does not mean you casually regard that person's feelings, that person's safety, that person's well-being, that person's desires, that person's wants. Like that's a really ugly stance to take when you are creating another um, experience with someone, but this time with your bodies together, right? Like that in itself is something that lives in the moment where it is started and shared, and that should be treated with respect and regard. Now, on the tail end of talking about enthusiastic consent, I want to talk to you all about finding your voice when you are in a situation where you're like, Liv, I'm just, I'm, I'm not finding my way to be able to say like, yo, not into this, don't want this. And I want to tell you all, I'm not bulletproof with this shit. Like I've experienced the highs and the lows and again, some really bad experiences and some really amazing experiences in my own sex life, specifically pertaining to consent. So there's times that I as well cannot really get my my um, truth out. So I want to just share some tips with you all and how you can make sure that you are really feeling, again, um, prepared, comfortable, not pressured. So one of the first things I like to do before I spend time with someone is just set the tone. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm not comfortable having sex tonight. And I'll explain to them why. And if I see any red flags, I'm telling you like any at all where they're like, damn, really, it's like that. Or if they're just like, okay, whatever. And then they get short with me or whatever it is. If they're not like, absolutely. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, let's go get burritos, whatever. You know, I I think I'm hungry. I keep talking about food. Anyways, so, (laughs) so, you know, I will draw that line first. And then the great thing is at that point, if later in the date, I'm like, hey, actually, I changed my mind. I feel a little more comfortable. Like, let's, you know, let's get into this or do this, right? Then it's my choice in that moment to say yes or no. And I can I can take it back and say, hey, I want to let you know. I thought about it. I feel really good right now. I feel really comfortable. I'm okay with this. And I just want to make sure we communicate throughout it. Like, that's a great standard set. That's also a great damn filter to see if someone's trash or not, okay? Because I can tell you right now, I've had people immediately lose interest in me when they knew they couldn't have sex with me. Immediately, okay? And 
I'm not here to talk about timeline and when it's okay or not okay to have sex with someone for the first time because there's all these theories you can freaking read books listen to podcasts watch movies talk to people who are married have the best relationships people who are you know um, devoutly single and have experienced it all uh, everybody has something different to say all I'm gonna say is I know people who've been married for 20 plus years and are happy that it's sex on the first night and I know those that are in the same situation who waited months and months or until marriage right like I'm not here to break down the specifics you got to do what feels right to you when your consent is there and it's enthusiastic that's what you follow okay now let's talk about another scenario maybe you had enthusiastic consent at the start and then something changed I know it feels really awkward to stop sex I know it does I know it does and you feel uh, guilty a lot of time or shame or embarrassment or you don't not really sure how the other person will react and that's normal but what I want to say is if that person reacts poorly that is not someone that you want to be having sex with and this is totally me being a big sister right now okay and it doesn't matter how you identify or who you are if someone's an asshole to you when you take back your consent and say hey I'm I'm not feeling this can we stop if they're a dick to you fuck them fuck them and don't literally fuck them get the hell out of there right it's if they're like what what's you know what what's wrong with you or like what did I do or you know like sometimes people get a little offended and it's like hey it's not you they might take it personally and I understand that if somebody doesn't want to have sex with me anymore I'll be like was I creepy does my breath smell like but if they're mean to you or cruel to you or make you uncomfortable that's where you draw that line and you go I'm not seeing this person again because that's not okay because that's a person who isn't actually concerned about your well-being and your satisfaction satisfaction in um, your experience of sex with them so sometimes just you know pulling back a little bit physically and being like hey I need a minute maybe you go to the bathroom or um, if it feels a little awkward to even say hey I need a minute just like hey I gotta go to the bathroom real quick you go in there you come back and you're like hey I think I'm done I don't feel too great if you got to make an excuse in the beginning you know what guys I a lot of people want to be very bold and and I, I admire that courage and I admire that stance but in real life that doesn't always work um so so if you gotta make up a little white lie you do that okay or if you um say oh shit my phone keeps ringing you know I gotta get that there's some you know something going on whatever you need to do to break off the physical contact and then from there if you you kind of state hey I'm done or hey you know I've got this then you you do that whatever is going to make it easiest for you to get out of a situation where you're not comfortable now if you are a little more comfortable and you just aren't into it anymore you can just say like hey babe I'm, I'm sorry I'm not feeling this I got I got a lot on my mind right now or like I just physically don't feel good about myself and maybe that can turn into a conversation that's actually even better than sex like you might feel really connected at that point and what I want to say on the more, you know, um, severe sides of this is one thing I'm constantly asked after my experience of, of being assaulted is, um, well, you should have just stopped him. You should have just said no. You should have screamed. You should have done this. And what people don't realize is when you're in, in true panic, um, as someone who's very familiar with that, as I've dealt with a, you know, a panic disorder for the better half of my life, um, you your mobility is almost completely limited so the way like talking it literally feels like someone has to put something in your mouth like I'm using my hands right now and like fix it open like your hands feel heavy every you're like dissociating and if you don't know what that feels like good okay because it's it's weird okay you're like out of your body so uh, 
a lot of the principles that we want to apply in life and like real life where it's like, stop, <laughs> that's not how that works. Okay. Um, and, and for a different example, like if you've ever been involved where there's a, like someone with like a weapon or something where your life was threatened, like I, I went through that or I thought that I was going through that. Now it ended up being that the guy at the restaurant did not have, um, you know, a gun. He had like, like a, something like a really small knife but I remember again freezing in the same way that I did when I had went through my you know really unfortunate experience and it, you you're kind of like moving a slow motion everybody's like well you duck under the chair and you do this and you do that you don't know till you're in it okay and this is something that you know I don't want to go too in depth on just for my for my own comfort level at this point um but I think it's really important that we do talk about this stuff when we we do make sure that we're factoring that in also when we're getting involved with people. So if you are involved with someone who's been assaulted um, or had some, you know, not great sexual experiences just in general. And again, it's, it's really hard because people want to take things to an extreme, right? It's like they want to use the most extreme atypical case and be like, well, this is what assault is, right? But there are situations where it's like maybe you're with someone who wasn't in that type of scenario but they were pressured a lot or they were they didn't have a voice in in their sex life previously like this is where it's so important when we get to know one another and I know you might be thinking like well damn I don't want to trauma dump on someone before I have sex with them what the hell that doesn't sound fun hey I get it okay this has been a heavier episode talking about this stuff you know but I think it's important that you sprinkle that shit in as you're getting to know someone because I'm gonna tell you right now babies if they don't want to hear it now they're never gonna want to hear it okay and it doesn't have to be you're sitting at dinner and you're like hey by the way so this is what happened to me and you're sitting there in silence like as you're comfortable you talk about things and as you grow, grow closer but your person persons that you're involved with have to be equipped to be able to handle you and what you come with as they're getting to know you and if you're thinking to yourself well this should only apply to dating no that's not true because I know for me in I, I really I've told you guys this I don't do hookups I don't like hookups every hookup I've had where my friends are like oh well, you hooked up with them I'm like no I was I wanted to be his girlfriend I did not want to hook up with him and that's a lot of that as getting older is having those uncomfortable conversations where I'm like here's what I'm looking for here's what I'm open to here's what I'm not etc um but you know even then it's like I've had someone that you know I was getting with for the first time and like he just like immediately did something and it, it's I will say it's more difficult to trigger me in that way, but I was just like, whoa, like, no, you know, and we, I realized really quickly, I was like, damn, I didn't even talk to this guy, like, in, in my, what I thought I had infinite wisdom, and as I, again, I will say with age, this changes a lot, you, you, you get a little more, like, curt with things, you're like, okay, here's this, here's that, right, um, but I didn't even have a conversation with him about like my hard or soft limits. Like I, we didn't even talk about that. It's like, then this dude does this and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You need to chill. Like, I'm not okay with that. Right. So even if you maybe are not comfortable sharing and being really vulnerable with someone that you're just going to, you know, physically connect with for a night, like it, it can be as simple as like, Hey, by the way, I'm not into this, this, and this. I'm not comfortable with those things. Do you understand that? Like, are we good? And is there anything I need to know? So you don't have to sit there and explicitly share your details. And I'll tell you, this is not something that I do when I first start talking to someone in terms of like, here's what I've been through and here's where I'm at and everything. Like, I really want someone to earn that and I want to know they're going to be in my life and then I'll share details with them. Um, but just a high level overview will make all the difference. That way you can truly enthusiastically consent to what you're about to 
experience because you deserve that. You deserve to enjoy yourself during sex. You in, you deserve to be fully present physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, intellectually. Like you deserve that when you have sex. And I'm not saying every time it's going to knock it out of the park, right? It's about the experience, okay? So maybe you maybe you feel all those things and you're like, damn, I didn't get to the finish line. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But it is important that we're striving for this. And I hope that I've shown you all why we really need to strive for enthusiastic consent when we are having sex. Now for your favorite time. Story time. Story time. Okay, I definitely just woke up one of my cats doing that. He's like, girl, don't try. Don't even try to hit that note. And I'm again, I'm going to apologize, guys, if you heard either of my cats, Clark Rhett or Carter Romeo, um, meow in the background. They're still getting used to the new place. I am on my way. My bed frame is, is coming and my couch is coming and we got a few more things. I've got some seats for my table on the way. So hopefully by the end of next week, we'll be fully furnished. Um, if not, just hang in there with me. But they are uh, essentially just roaming around and meowing mostly or taking naps. So I'm kind of at their beck and call right now. Years back, I was talking to a guy who had a really strong social media presence and I... I I, I feel like I've learned my lessons since then, but then sometimes I'm like, but, but look at my DMs. Maybe not, maybe not completely. I'm still learning that lesson. Listen, we're all fighting different fights, okay? But at this time, that's when Instagram was super first, like, popping off. Like, people were really getting into it. Um, and he was kind of a controversial figure in the social media scene. Like, I would say he was one of the more original influencers. So needless to say, like, he was a hot commodity and I really, really was attracted to him because he was my type, right? Like, and you guys, you guys know already, okay? And so I'm like, hell yeah, he had a shit ton of tattoos. Like, I was so stoked. And we ended up getting each other's contact information at some point. I think we started with, obviously, you guys know the holy grail of communication. Here's how you know if something's gonna last. He talks to you on Snapchat as a primary communication method. So we're talking on Snapchat, I think, eventually get to texting and like we go to texting 24 seven. And I, of course, felt like so just impressed because I'm like, listen, so many girls want this guy and like, you know, he's he's talking to me 24 seven. So my ass is thinking to myself like, damn, we're really going to start building something here. So he would FaceTime me every night. We'd talk for hours, etc. And I was so excited to finally meet him a couple weeks later so he drove down from Los Angeles in his little car and he came to see me at my place not the wisest choice for like a first meeting but I lived life on the edge back in those days so I'm like all right let's just do this thing let's run it and so he comes and I'm thinking to myself, like, I cannot wait to jump this guy's bones because he was just so attractive to me. And as you guys know, we know my grandpa Joe syndrome, okay? So I'm up and at it. And when we met in person, he, when we first got there, he was super sweet and like very affectionate towards me and I was like wow I can't you know <laughs> I'm like I can't believe I would be this guy's girlfriend like I, I really gotta prepare like what <laughs> what if people take pictures of us while we're out tonight like I gotta really like I'm not I'm not ready for all this but I'm also I am I I'm excited and so 
we start spending time together. Eventually it gets to the point where like we make it to the bedroom and we start hooking up. And I had, you know, consented to having sex with him. What I hadn't consented to was like the entirety of like the two minutes that it lasted and the lack of intimacy that was there as um, was a stark difference from what I had been experiencing with him on a daily basis over, you know, text message and FaceTime. Like he was just telling me all these super romantic things, everything else. And I was just a little let down by the first time that we had got together. Now that happens. I'm not here to shame anyone. Sometimes time, uh, you don't really have control over it, whatever. What you do have control over though, is that follow through and making sure that someone's enjoyed themselves or if they haven't yet, you're going to make sure that they do. Um, and that was not the case in this scenario. And specifically what I started to realize really quickly was like this greater like social media like mogul type personality was just like a guy who was actually like not in any shape or form that cool or had his shit together. So after we get together, he starts talking to me about how he wants to go to the city so we can go do drugs. And I'm like, I don't do drugs. I'm not into drugs. I never have been, never will be. Um, booze hound all the way. If you want to throw back some drinks, let's do it. But otherwise, like, I'm not really into this. Then he's telling me about how yeah, it just it's going to be really difficult for him to to get to San Francisco because of the gas money. And I'm like, is this guy trying to like guilt me into giving him gas money? Like it just kept getting worse and worse. He's talking more and more about drugs. He's talking more and more about like his lifestyle and what he's into and this is and that. And, like we had not talked about any of the shit on the phone while we were talking for the weeks that we were. So I'm like getting more and more put off. And then you know, at this point we had already had sex. So he's just being just not great company over time. He's taking pictures of himself and videos of himself. And like, he's, I don't know what I expected. And he's like sitting there. He like grabbed like a bottle, like a nice bottle that I had been gifted and was like holding it. Didn't even drink out of it. And was like taking photos. And he's talking to me about <laughs> something, some pro I can't get, I will not get into specifics, but he's talking to me about some project that he was on. Let's say that. And it was like, one of the most cringe things I'd ever seen. And I didn't see it until he got there and he had showed me. Like, I guess my stalking wasn't thorough enough. So it just kept getting worse and worse. So at this point, again, we had already been physically involved with each other. Homeboy, when he goes for round two later in the, the evening, he thinks it's on. Like, he thinks he's already got my consent. And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> I don't want to do this. This wasn't fun. And now I can't stand you. I don't care how physically hot you are. Like, there is nothing attractive about you anymore. So I had to pull a fast one. Okay, guys. And I'm not always proud of my fast ones, but I did. I pulled a fast one. So he's trying to like feel up on me and like get to it. And I'm like, what can I do? Because this guy is clearly like got some, some type of histrionic personality disorder, maybe just a touch of it. Now, again, I can't diagnose that. I'm, I'm the farthest thing from a doctor, but I, I don't know. Just based on my personal experience, there's a little bit of histrionics going on here. So I'm like, what would put him off more? And I'm like, oh, me talking about myself, me having a crisis. So he's starting to kind of move in and like try and like feel up on me. And I'm like, <sighs> just trying to look around. He's not really getting it. And then I, I'm like, all right, you got it. It's on, dude. It's on. Unless you want to sit there and watch the guy put his hat backwards and hold random wine bottles that your parents gifted you. And like, 
I just stop. I can't, I can't, I can't. It's so bad. I'm like, you got to really put on a show here. So what did I do? Well, obviously I started crying and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, uh, like you good? Like whatever. Just like not, not, not a tune at all. It's just like, why is, why is this girl crying? And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, um, I just really miss my ex. And to be honest with you at that point, like I didn't want anything more than my ex. Like I, I need my ex to come back. And I'm like, I just really mix, miss my ex. And like, this is really hard for me. Like I'm, I'm not over him yet. And I'm like, I, this is so, I did not want to sit there and rant about my ex, but I was like, this is what is going to put him off. Like he's not going to want to touch me. So I'm like, you know, like we just went through so much together and like you're the first person I've hung out with since him and like I'm like I just don't like and like it's so weird because and so I start like going on this rant and you can just the dude is literally like shriveling up like he's putting on his shirt like he's like kind of like starting to back away and whatnot and he's like no uh it's cool it's cool like it's whatever like let's just go like let's just go do something and I'm like okay like I need a minute or whatever so I get up and I'm like, I was kind of hoping he was going to leave at that point, but he didn't. So I'm stuck here with this, this motherfucker with his fake jewelry and, <laughs> and his like thousands of fucking videos and photos he took at my house. Obviously none, including me, by the way. And so he's like, yeah, we should, we should just go to the city. Like I got friends there. Like, let's just go, whatever. And I'm like, okay, this dude's clearly trying to use me. So at that point I was like, I got to put on another act because at that point I had gotten up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I, I start to get teary eyed again and I'm like listen like I don't think I can do this like I like you a lot but like I, I'm just like I'm not over my ex and I feel like you're not ready for a relationship and, and that's what I really want like so I'm just I'm just laid it on thick and he's like well yeah no I thought I just came here to have a good time and you're like crying and shit you know I'm like yeah like obviously I've just got a lot to work through like thinking to myself like boy you came here with not even enough gas money to get home okay what did you think was gonna happen you literally thought to yourself like I'll figure this out I'll finesse this situation which by the way like that was like my first like place living like alone I think or so like maybe my second one but like it was very all fresh to me I was early on in my career like I was not I thought this dude had money I didn't have money like I was like I don't know what you want me to do <laughs> so I'm like yeah it's just like I don't think I can do it whatever and he's like okay he's like well uh I don't I don't have money to to go <laughs> I'm like, oh my god shit I write this fool a check from my checkbook, literally while we're sitting there and I have my crocodile tears, I write a check for him to leave. That's how badly I wanted him to leave. I wrote him a check, okay? And there's, it's probably somewhere in my banking history. I swear to you all, I cannot lie about this. I wrote the dude a check for his gas money to go to San Francisco and figure his shit out after that. Like, I literally wrote him a check, okay? So he's like, okay, well, like, uh cool I guess like I'll go whatever leaves super awkward doesn't hug me goodbye like whatever as soon as he leaves I just like remove on everything block him on everything but I quite literally gave this man money to leave me alone and this is where I'm saying this is where I'm saying it you guys like really really make sure that if you are getting into these things uh, you all have learned I hope from my mistakes at some point here through these episodes get to know someone before you you commit to that time with them but more than anything like sometimes if you gotta remove the consent you're gonna have to be crafty with it and I don't care if that's not politically correct or the most um 
integrity-filled thing that we can do. Sometimes you're just out here trying to survive. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode and more than anything took away the fact that it's so important that we regard others and treat them as human beings, what they actually are. Think twice about how we interact with those that we are intimate with and how we can be better. Like quite literally, always making a list of how we can be better. Respecting one another's sovereignty, our experiences, and more than anything, the things that we desire and want. And understand that it is a journey to learn and to be a human. Uh, It is not straightforward, okay? Um, Have grace for those in this next round of weeks to come uh, that maybe don't align with your your beliefs and also in the same breath give yourself grace uh, for what you do feel and think because at this point what's more crucial than anything is your own voice regardless of what part of the room that voice reflects from i love you all thanks for joining me This is Tears of a Clown, the podcast. I'm Liv, and I'll see you next week.